Good evening, everybody. Good to have you watching with us here on Wednesday night here at Life Church. Pray that you are having an incredible week because God is still on the throne. I said God is still on the throne. If you're sitting with somebody else, turn and let them know that God is still on the throne. He's still in control and he knows what he's doing. Boy, that helps you sleep at night, knowing that God knows what he's doing. Well, I'm getting ready to get into the word in just a minute, but I do want to take a moment and thank you for being so faithful in your giving with your tithes and in your offerings. I thank you. I know, you know, some people say, well, why would you want to even send your finances when you can't even meet? Well, we are meeting on Sundays right now, and we're working on a plan 
for adding another service, but uh, and we'll be announcing that probably in a couple weeks or so, depending on what's going on uh, from our governor, his announcement next week. But, you know, it's not about the building. It's not about uh, just, you know, a program. The Bible says that the tithe is the Lord's, and we are simply managers or stewards of it. And boy, I tell you what, I've learned that if you put God first in every area of your life, especially in your giving, there is nothing that God cannot provide for you and will not, I'm telling you. So we have so many ways of doing it. You can mail it in uh, to the church. You can use the app. You can go to the website. You can text to give, all of those things. And so we thank you for continuing to do that. And we, we miss you so much. I just have to tell you that for right now, miss seeing you. And if you've not been coming on Sunday mornings, I would encourage you to come. I know, you know, if you listen to the news and everything else that's out there, um, it, it sounds pretty bleak, you know, but I'm telling you, we're doing everything here. We have a commercial company that comes in and cleans once a week here. And then when they're done, we take a commercial product and we absolutely fog this building that kills every virus and every germ and everything that there is. And we wipe everything down and our greeters, or they have a mask. And if you want to you know, bring your mask and sit among us, hey, we'll know that you're smiling or we'll wave to you, but we miss you. And I'm just encouraging you to take, make an effort to come and be with us on Sunday mornings at 1030. If not, we're still here online on our website or on sermon.net. Use the app, our Roku channel, sermon.net, on YouTube and on Facebook. So praise God for that. So we're going to get into the message this evening. This is what I want to share with you. It comes from 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 and 7. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 and 7 says, This then is the message which we have heard from him, and declare to you, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. And verse 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light. Boy, I want to really emphasize that. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, he is the light. We have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The message tonight is simply called blinded by the light, blinded by the light. And so I want to tell you a little history or background behind this a little bit tonight. I was reminded of this earlier today. I really don't know why. I guess this morning in prayer, this thought came to me about the light of the world because of all the darkness that seems to be pervading the earth. But a few years ago, I was awakened in the middle of the night and I heard the words to the Bruce Springsteen song, Blinded by the Light. Now, before anybody stops listening to this or whatever, you need to understand, I had to search out the internet to find out who wrote the song, where the title came from, and who recorded it, 
because I personally have never have not listened to secular music for more than 50 years of my life. And the only way I knew the words is that I have heard that part of the song sitting in restaurants or doctor's offices or whatever. And those are truthfully the only words or the only the words of the song that I know. And I can hear the, 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 the notes of that part of it. But I, that's the reason I had to search for it. So when I wake up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden I'm hearing that song in my head, blinded by the light, I knew it had to be the Holy Spirit because it's not something that I would have normally heard. And so I felt impressed today to, to speak to you regarding this idea, this blinded by the light, because I believe it's something for us in this hour in which we are living. As I reflected on that phrase, blinded by the light, my first thought came about Saul of Tarsus. We all know that scripture. In, in Acts chapter 9, verse 3, look what it says. And it says, as he, speaking of Saul, neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. It was there that Saul, the persecutor of the church, met Jesus Christ, the Savior, Lord, and King of heaven and earth. The revelation of Jesus Christ to Saul earned, caused such a transformation in his life that his life was altered, his reason for living completely turned 180 degrees around, and even his name was changed. It was changed from Saul to Paul. And God's revelation to Saul is not just for a select few or a few anointed people that God wants to use powerfully. God, in this day and time, is attempting to communicate to believers in Christ, to his people, the need to be focused on what is happening around us at this time and this moment in history. Christians seem to be distracted by irrelevant matters of life rather than paying attention to the things that are eternal. And I spoke about this several weeks ago on a Sunday message that you can find on our website called Misdirection or missed direction. But people that profess to be genuine followers of Christ must realize that when the light of Christ is within us, but it begins to dim, if we allow it to dim and we are no longer blinded by the light, by the light of the glory of his presence, we lose sight of what really matters. I don't know if you've ever looked into like a brilliant spotlight or something. When you turn your head away, you can't see anything else. You are blinded by that. But as, as time goes by, all of a sudden your eyes begin to focus and can see everything that's around you. Think of that concept. Blinded by the light of the glory of the presence of who Jesus is and who God is and what he's done in your life and what he's doing in your life, you, that's all you see. But if we, if we turn our head away from that, then all of a sudden we're no longer blinded by that. We're seeing the other things that are going on around us. And, and we lose sight of the things that matter. In the book of Romans chapter 13 verse 12, look what it says. It says, the night is almost gone and the day of salvation will soon be here. 
I said the day of salvation will soon be here. So don't live in darkness. Get rid of your evil deeds. Shed them like dirty clothes. And clothe yourselves with the armor of right living as those who live in the light. I want you to see something here. This is a key point I want you to understand tonight. That the reason for living in the light is so that we can see clearly what God is doing. How many of you have ever gotten up in the middle of the night and, and maybe had to go to the restroom or wanted to go to the kitchen and get something to drink or something to eat, but you didn't turn the lights on? How many of you ever stubbed your toe or your foot against something that was in the floor or tripped over something that you forgot was, was in the way? That's what happens when we walk in darkness. Well, the reason for living in the light of God, uh, his glory and his presence is so that we could clearly see what God is doing. I cannot remember a time when so many people who claim to follow Jesus Christ seem so confused, unsure, and insecure about the times in which we are presently living. Now, I'm just going to say this, please don't be offended by this, but if you are a good bit younger than I am, you may not understand what I'm trying to tell you because you only have a short lifespan in which to compare things to. But those of us who have lived a little bit longer, we have what's called a plumb line. And if you don't know what a plumb line is, Go look it up, okay? But we have a plumb line, and, and, and that is not only the Word of God, but we have the events and things that have happened o over our lifetime that have allowed us to compare the present with the past. If you are, I'm going to say, in your 20s or so uh, and younger, you don't have a lot of things to compare it to, but those who have lived longer can tell you how drastically things have changed. And scripture is clear about the days in which we are living, yet so many Christians seem in the dark about what God is doing. And this is not the time for Christians to be wandering around clueless about what is happening. 2 Corinthians 2 and 11 says that we who are followers of Christ are not ignorant of the devil's schemes. We're not ignorant of his ways. We're not ignorant of his tricks. And it is time for Christians to be strong and resolute and speak with a distinct voice. In other words, our voice should not be blending with others. Our voice should be a distinct voice. And it's the voice of truth that's found only in the word of God, which is known as the Bible. And it only comes by heeding what the scriptures tell us. And that word heeding means observing and or plus following. That's all. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 5 through 8. Paul writes to the believers in Thessalonica and he tells them, for you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night, so be on your guard. Do not asleep like the others. Stay alert, be sober. Night is the time for sleep and the time when people get drunk. But let us who live in the light think clearly. This is something we need to understand. We who live in the light need to 
think clearly because darkness always brings confusion, always brings disorder, always brings turmoil, always brings unrest. But light exposes, and not only exposes, but expels the works of darkness. And so for this reason, we are called to rid all darkness and live in his light. Ephesians 5 and 8. Look at this scripture. For though your hearts were once full of darkness, now you are full of light from the Lord and your behavior should show it. Your behavior should show it. Well, I looked up the word behavior. I know what behavior means. Like when a child is misbehaving, I know what that means. Their behavior is wrong. It's, it's, it's contrary to what is right or what is, what is proper. But in this here, it's saying this. He says, you are full of light from the Lord and your behavior should show it. So it's saying here that our conduct our actions, our deeds, our manners, our activities should reflect the light of Jesus Christ in us. Let me, let me tell you a story. I hadn't thought about this in a long time. I'm thinking about my mama uh, this morning for a few minutes, and, and I remember this story, and it kind of fits right along with this. Um, many, many years ago, my mother used to teach classes for Weight Watchers. And uh, I mean, I'm talking about in the early years. She knew the, per the lady who started it. I remember when we went to Mobile, Alabama to a conference one time and, and we ate lunch with her. I was sitting there at the table with my mom and, and there, you say, well, why were you there? And I'll tell you why, because she hired me because I, she had to have someone in her classes, and she was teaching seven, eight, nine, ten classes a week, if I remember right. I started off with just a couple, but she was so popular that they just kept giving her more classes and more classes. And uh, since she was raising seven children on next to no money, um, every few dollars helped. And I think they gave her ten dollars for every class that she did. And I remember that she hired me and gave me five dollars for every class that she did, and I had the pleasant job of weighing everybody in that came to class that night. Now, I cannot tell you all the stories and the excuses and the lame reasons I would hear each week by those not wanting to step on those scales. I'm telling you, it was... It was almost hilarious. If you needed a good laugh, that was the place to come, as long as you weren't having to get on the scales, I guess. But they would, people would, I, I even had women offer me money if I would not write down on their weigh-in chart what the scale actually said. And usually when they were doing that. I knew they had not stuck to the program. Now, it was a lot different back then than it is today, but still, I knew they had not stuck to the program, and it didn't matter what excuse that they offered. The simple truth was that they had not stayed with the regimen prescribed to bring about the desired result, okay? So their noncompliance during the week brought to light what what they had done when they stepped on the scales. 
I mean, class was not going to start until they stepped on those scales. And boy, you would hear, you would hear, I'm just, you just have to imagine what that was like, because it was something else to be in a room with 20, 30, 40 people and and, and a, there was always a few that had stuck to it and were looking to lose weight, but most of them were like, oh, I hope I haven't gained any weight. Well, every week the remarks could be heard in those meetings, especially by new people, because my mom would go through the program with the new people, and I, you'd hear them, and when she'd go through the program, and they'd say, wait, you mean I can't have that or... I don't think I can give that up or you mean, are you sure I can't just have a little bit? A little bit ain't going to hurt if I just do a little bit. And um, their problem became a mental battle when it appeared that they had to give up something. It became a negative. I can't have that versus a positive when my mom would say, but you can have all of this. And, and I knew from experience that if their mindset didn't change, they were not going to be successful with the program. I cannot tell you how many people dropped out of the program only weeks or months later to come back and enroll again, last a few weeks and quit, and then come back again and join and quit and join and quit and join and quit. You know why? Because they wanted some magical thing to happen, and what they needed to understand was they needed to change their thinking. Instead of looking at it as, I can't have these things, they were not looking at the positive that they can have all of these other things. And it's the same way with a Christian in their walk with God. If we see God as a negative, I can't do this. I mean, I grew up my whole life with God as a negative. Thou shalt not, 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 thou shalt not. Every time I got in trouble, that was like God's getting you back for what you've done. So I saw God as a negative in my life. So you can imagine the shock the first time I opened a Bible and one of the first verses I read that God is for me and he's not against me. That was a shock. I mean, it's like a shudder went down my spine. And so if we see God as a negative that I can't do this and I can't do this and I can't do this rather than a positive of look at the greatness of our God and the relationship that we have with him, that he knows me by name, he's given gifts to me, he watches over me, he guides me, he leads me, he directs me, he provides for me, he heals for me, he delivers me, and on and on and on and on. If we don't see that, then we will not be fulfilled in our daily lives. We'll, we, we'll continue to struggle with affections. We'll be torn between the desires of this life and the yearning for a deeper walk with Jesus. And the pull of this world will not only lose its grip, not as much by, look, it's not about not doing. Can I put it that way? It's not about resisting the pull of the world. No, I can't have that. But rather living in the love and acceptance that he gives us as we turn from darkness and begin to gaze upon him. It's the being blinded by the light of who he is. 
when we stare into that, when we stare at him and his goodness and his mercy and his grace and all of those things, everything else pales, everything else fades. And God is inviting his people today in this time, in this time of difficulty. It's not a matter of holding on to get back to where we were. God is shaking. He is, he is shaking individuals and causing us to look deep inside and he's inviting his people to go beyond the shallow, the shallow living that so many Christians have been living, the, the do's and the don'ts, I can't do this, I can do this. And he's challenging them to live in a new light. He longs and desires for people that will become ravished in his love for them. In turn, they will become so captivated by his presence that nothing else will seem to matter. They will be captured by his heart and become oblivious to the things around them that pull for their affections. Jesus said in John 8 and 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You know, I started at the beginning of this message talking about waking up to a song blinded by the light. But I'm reminded of an old chorus song. It says, turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strange in the light of his glory and grace. That's what God's calling us to do. Turn our eyes on him. Get blinded by the light once again. The Father is calling for his people to be the children of the light. Listen, church, I don't care if you've been a Christian for one week or 40 years. I say with an assurance that the days that lie ahead are difficult days, maybe even dark days. And that's why God is in the process of calling forth a people that will show forth his light. The Bible says you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation that should show forth the praises of him. That light transforms lives. That light liberates the captives. That light declares his glory to the world. And Jesus is calling his people to once again be blinded by the light. I want to take a moment right now
Even as I've been speaking, I know the Holy Spirit's been speaking to some of you. You're being pulled. You're being pulled in different directions. It's pulling you away from your relationship in God. I'm not saying you've turned your back on God. But there are other things that have fought for your attention and fought for your desire. God right now is speaking to you and you know it. There was a time you were so blinded in love with Jesus that nothing would get in the way. But you've looked over here and looked over here. Those things have captured your attention again. Right where you're at. Would you pray right now? Dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me. I've gone and I've looked in other places when you are my heart's desire. Every Wednesday morning, I pray for you and I pray for myself and I say, Lord, capture my heart again. Captivate my heart in such a way, not like throw a net and drag me to the altar, but God, let me see you in such a way that everything else pales, everything else falls away. you're at would you pray that say God forgive me for looking elsewhere God forgive me for failing to remember that without you I cannot live I cannot survive it's you in you I live and move and have my very existence Lord God tonight forgive me and not just forgive but restore Holy Spirit, I pray right now for those who are praying with me, whose hearts are crying out to you. Those ones whose tears are, are rolling down their face inside their heart is breaking because there was a time that you, you, they were captivated by your love. Do it again, Jesus, right now. Show them how merciful and gracious you are. Capture their heart again. Because God, we're called to be the people of the light, the children of the light in a place of darkness. We cannot go out into this world and offer the people who are walking in darkness a light that's going to burn out. We've got to go show them the true light, what it's all about. Holy Spirit, Blind us by the light of his glory and his presence. For your kingdom purpose, that we might go and fulfill the great commission, the command that says, go and tell everyone. We must go into the place of darkness and bring the light with us not a flicker 
of light. Not a little spark of light, but a bright, brilliant light. And it's Jesus in us that they need to see. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I trust tonight maybe something I've said has encouraged you, strengthened you, or made you say, Amen. I'm going to be one of those people. If you're going to be, if you're going to be one of those children of the light, just lift your hand right now and wave it. I'm waving mine at you right now. Wave it back. God sees that hand. I said, God sees that hand. And he doesn't forget. I speak blessing over you, blessing over your household, blessing over your job, your business, your health. But the greatest blessing is coming together in the unity of the spirit of Jesus. I hope to see you this Sunday. Come with expectation because God never fails to surprise us. God bless you. We love you. Amen.